Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony Donardo. With me, we have Tyler. We have Jim. What's up, everybody? I Man, miss I'm you guys. I'm, I'm flustered. I'm flustered. You look good, though, Jim. I better. Eh. It took me 20 minutes. 20 minutes to get this camera set up. I still can't figure out a way to center myself. I'm like going to have to do this the whole time. <laughs> please don't. Just, just talk into the mic, please. <laughs> I miss you guys. I missed you too, Tyler. It's been it's been too long. It's been a very long time since we've all been on. I thought I left you, but I don't beat the step two, step two, step two, step no, two. No, okay. All right, all right. You, you no, stop. but for real, guys, it has. It's been like two weeks since. Shut up, Narda. <laughs> so, so, can I just fill in like? Just fill the people in on like what I just went through. Yes, Jim. So, so Donardo out of the blue. I already have like my the webcam that I've been using has been just fine, right? For the record, Jim. Before we before you go further, I'm sorry. We're in the same boat here. Yeah. So the webcam I've been using just fine. Right. I mean, when you like just fine, then fine. Oh, it's, it's been better than good fine. enough it's for perfect. you. It's fine. been working perfectly, Donardo. All of a sudden, this new webcam shows up on my doorstep. He's like, and then he texts me before the show. Hey, Jim, did you did you put in your new webcam yet? And of course, no, I haven't. Right. So I'm like 845. That that gives me 15 minutes. I can set up a webcam in 15 minutes. Right. 20 minutes later, it's still like, did you see that little the little blip? Mm -hmm. Not a fan. Not a fan of this webcam, Donardo. Took me 20 minutes to set up. And I just I don't like it. I don't like how it doesn't it doesn't attach to my ring light. I've got to actually like put it on the the screen here. It's and look, I'm I'm jumping all around. If I'm doing this with my hands, they're like all all jumping around. This is why we're pathetic. First off, not a thank you. Uh this is terrible. This is awful. Mine was fine. And and then yes, of course, right? You you decide to. I mean, you've had this webcam now for a week and a half, about a, a, yeah. a two, two, about right. two or three weeks. But yeah. I'm also watching Jim like cut in and out the entire time. So you had it for for two weeks, and you decided to actually install it 15 minutes before the show, and you wonder why it's always at nine ish. I feel like I called Jim at nine oh three because like, he still know, wasn't. I don't. I don't yeah. know what this thing is. Oh my God, Jim. <laughs> yeah. So, um, to fill everybody else in on my part of the story here, I started on it about 8 40. It would not connect to my computer. It about got thrown off the wall. If I would have bought it, it would have been thrown off the wall. But since it was a gift from a friend, it is now on top of my desk and it will probably stay there till, I don't know, 
tomorrow because Geddes is scary and I don't want to have a bad viewing experience for Geddes. So naturally, I am going to sit here with my old camera where I look handsome as ever because more pixels means better looking Tyler. More pictures. Yeah, Tyler, you look great. And like when when my yeah. when my picture's coming through, it looks good. But then you see like these lines keep keep coming across. That sounds like USB port problem. <sighs> Guess gotta call up the Geek Squad for Boomer Jim. Anyways, is the sad thing is this not, this isn't even like the anyway, worst part of anyway, the show tonight. This anyways, is like, like about, the best part of what we're talking about. Anyways, how about like how about them it, buckos? Real quick, though, isn't it amazing how much you forget about computers within like two years? Trying to install this thing was the most frustrating thing ever. I could have done this in like five minutes. Probably you guys are so ago. old. I'm just saying the old the old one was perfect. Yeah, yeah, Jim, we're in the same boat. We're just slow and steady wins the race. Let me just roll with what I got. I don't want to change. I'm good. And Donardo tries to be a nice guy. Just and he the gets worst. Food on. So we're looking for two more. I'm not two more. Two new co-hosts. If you're interested, reach out. Looking to replace these two guys. Please. Must be able to hook up a webcam. That's <laughs> that's really the only thing you need to do. I mean, if, you know, you don't even have to do that. Honestly, <laughs> here's the other thing too. Like, I feel like I'm not even looking at the camera because it's like so high up. Like I'm looking, and and like my eyes aren't. They're not. They're not looking in the right spot. You, you're just the worst. I, I can't even ask you to hook up a webcam. Like this is where we're at. Just, just, just. You know what? Just here's a new webcam. Hook it up, Jim. Yeah. Find some neighbor kid to do it for you. Donardo, if Jim did not have all the ins and outs of the winter meetings, like I would have been the prime invite over Jim for sure. Oh yeah, honestly, I, again, we don't need to go too too deep into this, but I have no idea why you weren't there. A little bit busy with, you know, whole life thing. So, you would have absolutely loved it there. I would have fun in Nashville, that's for sure. It was my hell. <laughs> and that's why I would have had fun. But I got through it. That's why I would have enjoyed it. Right. No, you would have, you would have had a good, fun, a good time, Tyler. Yeah. I'm sure I would have. Maybe next time. Anyways. I we're back. We're back. Again, it's been two, actually, I think like three weeks, right? Because two nice. weeks ago, it was just you and I, Tyler. Yeah. Jim wasn't on. So now that we're back, we have some actual news to talk about. Not sure it's the greatest news in the whole world to talk about, but we have news to talk about. We, we talked a little bit about last night. So if you haven't listened to the emergency podcast, go ahead and do so. Uh, we... Heard the ending news, hopped on right away. Jim, myself, Neil, and Doug showed up as well. So the four of us talked about the ending news. So, I mean, we, we gave like our instant reactions, but of course, now that things have calmed down, we could talk a little more about it tonight. Obviously, Rowdy Telez was signed last night. Also, we touched on that just a little bit, but let's go in deeper detail on that. And then today, some bigger news came out. It was, I guess, good news, right? But it's not like the good news we we're waiting for. So the Pirates finally settled their TV deal. So they've partnered with the Penguins. For Sportsnet Pittsburgh. 
So let's talk about those three things. Where do we want to start? I mean, let's start with Andy, right? I mean, that's the biggest news. Okay. I feel like Jim's going I, right for the jugular. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I, you know, we, we said a lot last night. I'm kind of interested in just hearing, you know, kind of what Tyler has to say about it, but yeah, definitely bad. <laughs> I mean, you were counting on Andy to, to be a big part of this team next year. And now we know why Henry Davis is going to be a catcher going into 2024. I mean, you've got to rely on him. Like you really need to rely on him. And this now opens up a spot where they've, they've got to acquire an outfielder now. Whereas before, I think they may have been able to get by. So I did not get a chance to listen to you guys last night. Been a little bit busy. Year end. A little bit busy at work and all that and the other. But just immediate thoughts here. It It's frustrating. Um, Jim just mentioned that it makes sense on why they've been so gung-ho about Henry Davis catching this year. He's going to have to now. Um, it, it, I'm trying not to be super negative toward this front office right now. But it's really, really, really hard, man. Because, one, if you know he's got an elbow issue, and I understand, he, he really did need to hit. I get that. So he probably did need to play winter ball, but if you're in the front office, you should probably know that there's like something pretty imminent there that we should probably maybe reel him in a hair. That's it. I really wonder at this point, like, are we, are we seeing these signs of the tanking that's been happening? Because now we've seen Oviedo go down and we know they overused him because they had nothing else. Now we've seen Andy go down who had to catch pretty much all the time. Didn't get any relief at first base. Didn't get to take some days off at second base because they signed Austin Hedges, who was the worst catcher of all time and had Jason delay. And that was about it. So at this point, this team has shot themselves in the foot by continuing to be absolutely atrocious at everything they've done, attempting to build towards the future while just shooting themselves in the foot while doing so. It's really where my thoughts are right now with it. I understand that if it was going to go, it was going to go. It's If it happens, it happens. But also, there's a thought process of how incredibly stupid is this medical staff that you let the multiple guys just roll out there all year and then in the offseason, oh yeah, by the way, they're going to miss all next year because man, it finally went, so here we are. We're fine with the 75 wins because we had to get there. We just had to get through the year. That's what it feels like to me. I could be wrong. I don't know. James? Yeah, I mean, the, the Todd Tomzik press conference of terror that's kind of been happening every week for the last few years is a little old. You do seem like I, I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say that the dude's not doing his job. 
but there has been a pattern where one injured people injured players seem to take longer to recover from their injuries than than like what we've been told you know the normal recovery time is there seems to be a lot of uh relapses in rehab there's a lot of times where oh, a player will will you know be hurt they'll go back and they'll play a little bit and then they find out that oh wait no he's actually been playing with a broken hand you know henry that happened with henry davis last year uh two years ago so there's just there's a pattern of just weird medical stuff that's happened with this team for for years now and i don't know if that's I don't know if that's unique to the Pirates. I don't follow enough teams close enough to say like this is a Pirates problem as opposed to this is just a a, a sports medicine problem in general. So I'm not really going to point fingers here, but it's frustrating, right? When O'Neill Cruz gets a foot injury and and the first thing we hear is oh it's going to be two three months, or, or, you know, and, and you know we're we're anticipating O'Neill Cruz coming back after the All Star break or or at the trade deadline, like O'Neill Cruz is going to be our big trade deadline acquisition. Uh, and then next thing you know, he's out for the entire year, not even walking yet. He's not even running. Um, so it's, it's frustrating. I don't know what to take of it, to be honest with you. Like I, I don't really know what to think. Cause I, I, I just don't know enough about sports medicine in general to, to know if this is unique or not. Sorry to cut you off before you talk, Nardo, but also I think you can go back further than that. Even like JT Brubaker, he said he had elbow issues like two years ago, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he has Tommy John. Like, what are we doing here? Velasquez this year had the arm injury, got yeah. put on the IL, like there, came back and then got Tom got got and then was done. Like one start later, like there are legitimate. If someone wants, if somebody smarter than us wants to dig into that. I'm sure they could pull some scathing things about him. I, yeah, I mean, Jim makes a good point. It's not like I'm in sports medicine and I qualified to really talk upon this. Right. But you just constantly like hear the same thing. Like you're talking about Jim. I mean, obviously there's these injuries. There's this wrath of injuries now lately, but we've kind of seen it on baseball as well. So, I mean, there's some correlation there, but maybe a little bit more on the pirates end. And like, right, the length of the, like, first off, it always seems as if like, we're not sure, we're not sure. And then it's like the worst case scenario happens (laughs) after they've like pedaled for like two months, like talking about it. Right. And it's like, all right, we're having Tommy John now. And it's like, well, why didn't you have it two months ago? Like maybe someone could have been ready in, you know, August instead of out the whole year or such. Um, So yeah, there's part of that. But I like my issue just with the Pirates right now, just top to bottom. It just feels like every part of the Pirates organization is average at best. Like best case scenario is like their average, like the development, the scouting, the medical, just like, just go down the list. Everything in this organization just feels, and I might be pounding and harping, right? And I just, more emotion right now than talking sensical, but like, man, it's just everywhere. It's just everywhere. It is frustrating talking about this organization, following along, being a fan of this organization, and now going into like one of the most crucial off seasons, especially in this rebuild, and like like what as Ryan t- tweeted out today, like name a positive during the Pirates off season. I can't. I said to somebody earlier that 
every year I start to care less about the Pirates. And I'm so I know we're on a Pirates podcast. I'm never going to not care about them. Like, but my feelings towards them, it's, it's like a, we're turning into a long distance relationship. Like they're just, <laughs> they're getting old on me. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> like everything they do is just wrong. Can we do one damn thing right? Like even just losing an Indy Rodriguez should not make us all just throw our arms up and say, well, we'll try again in 2025. He wasn't good last year. And all of us, I'm, I'm assuming here collectively, at least myself, but I assume you guys are on the same page as me that it just feels like, okay, well, 2024 is probably out. Not to mention the entire offseason at this point. But I have an incredibly hard time seeing this team be any, just the slightest bit better this year than they were last year. And they were god-awful last year outside of one month. Well, two months, maybe. Okay. It felt like one month. They sandwiched it in with pretty solid months. The The middle was god-awful. They won 75 damn games. And we're parading around like, ah, oh, that should be the first step. They sucked. And they're going to suck again. So... Now, if they sign people tomorrow, then maybe I'll be back on the bail. On the bail I don't know. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not here to say that like we should be optimistic by any means. Um, but I will say this Andy Rodriguez injury, as much as it hurts, like and, and more than anything, it hurts Andy Rod Andy's development, right? Like this is a year of Andy's development that is just gone. Kind of similar to Cruz last year. Right. I I think that's the biggest detriment to the to the to the team here. The Pirates still have an opportunity to take this 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 you know lemon that they've been given and turn into lemonade um you know if, if they're able to, lemonade yeah maybe panera lemon yeah if they're able <laughs> to i see it right now if they're able to take this situation and henry davis is able to actually assert his himself as a major league catcher and they go out there and they find a half decent outfielder which there are plenty available, whether you want to go on the free agent market or via a trade, and you can attack it a few different ways. Do you want to ha- find a center fielder and then move Swinsky to right? Do you want to make Swinsky your center fielder and just find a right fielder that, hey, I mean, this team needs power. Maybe you just find a, a, a power bat in right field, who, someone who can give you 25 homers. And, and, you know, is the team any worse if that happens? I, no, I don't think so. That's like, I, I think there's still a way to take the situation and spin it into at least not terrible. It's just going to require them to do something. Um, And I don't know if I just frankly don't know if they're going to do it. They've got, if it's true that their payroll is really only going to like incrementally go up this year, they've got $25 million to play with. And they need mm-hmm. to find two more starting pitchers at least. They need to find an outfielder for $25 million. And are, are you going to be excited about anybody that you sign when you've got three positions to fill 
with 25 million bucks? I don't know. They're going to have to get creative. Maybe, maybe you find it in a trade. Maybe you find it in just a, a reclamation project that works out, but like they, they need to fill some holes now. And I don't know how much money they have to do it with. No, you make a good point. And that's part of it. I mean, We keep talking about payroll because payroll is just like the easiest way to improve your team. Like if you have a bottom out payroll at 56 million, I think now, right? Uh, about $56 million right now. You have a lot of payroll you can use. Again, like we're talking like $45 million basically gets you to a hundred million dollar payroll, which is probably going to be about 26th in baseball. You know, like you understand how low a hundred million is, just how low that actually is compared to baseball. And that's like we're we're talking about 25 million. We're talking about 80 million. We're talking about getting to the third worst payroll in baseball, which is where they were last year, which actually could also end up being the second worst because I'm not so sure Baltimore Orioles is gonna be that low either this year. You know, like like that 80 million could still be the, the second worst in baseball, only above the A's. That's what we're talking about. So it's like, why settle for that? Like, why not just say, you know what? We'll be 25th worst in all of baseball. And we'll afford ourselves 45 million to better. That way, like, you don't have to actually get rid of a lot of these assets. You've worked so hard after a draft, after draft, and trade after trade to acquire to better your team to get rid of to just be a competent team this year. So now, now granted, I do think a trade makes sense also. Like, Two things can happen and two things need to. They need to spend about $40, $45 million and make a trade to maybe get some, like an actual better pitcher, like a Tyler Glass now. Now we can talk and make a reservations, but like a Dylan Cease. So that someone with maybe more control, the Marlins, a great matchup there, right? Someone who's more cost effective, maybe a better pitcher than you're acquiring on, you know, free agency. Um, of course, if you make the trade, that player has to come. They, in free agency, they can say, I don't want to come. And you have that reason, right? But like, I think a trade makes sense, but also just simply spending money. You don't have to worry about all the other stuff. Just, just spend the money. Guys. How many years in this rebuild are we? This is five. This is okay. going to be year five. Yeah. So this is year five. Who going into year five can you count on? To be a productive major league baseball player, I Ryan Reynolds. Mitch not even, no, I don't even. I'm just saying who who has been Sherrington acquired in these five years going oh. into 2024. Who can you count on to be a productive major league baseball player in 2024? I count zero people. David Bednar. Okay. Okay. Actually, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, that's probably it. That's. <laughs> Absolutely god awfully pathetic. I wanted to say that he should be fired, but I'm going to be nice right now because I feel like it'd be extreme. But the like, point that, is that's valid. pathetic. The point is valid. And it's not to say that no one can have a productive year this year. It's just that's. That's why this offseason is so important because there has not been one person that has shown you their worth yet. So everyone has to improve to just 
hopefully become an average baseball player. We're not even talking about good, right? It's like, that's what we talk about the Reds so much. And like, I'm not doing that rabbit hole. But anyways, while we talk about the Reds, like their prospects came up and they produced. If you're a Reds fan, you're feeling a lot more confident and comfortable in your team going to 2024 than you are as a Pirates fan because all your prospects came up and none of them produced outside of Jared Triolo for that five weeks and Carmen Majinski for his little stint. He was up. That, that's and, it. Yeah. And throw Jack Sawinski, like, sure. He might be average. Yeah. Fair. I mean, Sawinski, obviously, we all have our thoughts on him. Um, the ups and downs are crazy, but, you know, overall, he's been at least a major league baseball player over the last two years. But I don't know if you can necessarily count on Sawinski for anything going forward. You you hope you can, but not to the extent that you can count on Reynolds and Hayes being, you know, at least at least two win players minimum. It's not good. Like where they're at right now is not good. And I'm not saying that they can't dig themselves out of it. 2013, like Neil Huntington really hadn't acquired anything. Well, I mean, he did a little bit, but through the draft and development, there wasn't much really coming up that they won with. So you can do it. But at that point, they absolutely caught lightning in a bottle and also had an MVP player on their team already. And two other players that were pretty good. Right. No, good point. Now, I do want to say, Mark, they bring up Oviedo. I think you can say Oviedo. He proved himself last year to be something, but the problem is he's gone this year. Yeah. Like, again, I'm just saying, you're not going this year uh-huh. saying, yeah. I'm confident in Oviedo because he's got Tommy John, so he's out. Um, and like you said, Skeens, and the same thing about him, like he hasn't proven anything yet. You you hope there's a reason number one overall pick, but he hasn't proven anything yet. He could simply come with the majors and do what every other prospect did and be bad. I mean, you look at it, the can't miss pitching prospect. There's no sure thing, right? Like I, Paul Skeen's best pitching prospect since since Steven Strasburg, right? Is is what everybody has, has touted. But you know, there was a guy who wasn't that far off that two years ago, and he came to get double A hit double A hitters out, and that's Jack Leiter, like another guy who just completely dominated college baseball. Um, was heads and shoulders the best pitcher in that draft. And the dude can't get out of double A. So like you never really know putting all your eggs in the skeins basket. I wouldn't recommend doing that. I think you, you do have to count on him though for something. Maybe not this year, but at least in 2025. That's another thing. I mean, you too. feel like, good about him. But you feel good about him, but like you can't you can't like confidently say that he's gonna just hit the ground running right off right. the bat. He also, like, Tyler and I, I think we can definitely answer this. He does ask this, is it time to do a Bednar? And no. I guess, like, maybe now's the time to just talk about this. Where's the direction this team going? Jim says no. Tyler and I have been on the trade Bednar train about two years ago. I would listen. I would. Let me, let me phrase it this way. We believe the direction of this team is still they want to compete. 
how serious they are about it and what they're going to do to invest to do that, right? We're not sure yet. We'll find out. We have our reservations. But if this season is looking like, uh, okay, this ain't it either, is it time to trade Bednar? No. It's never time to trade Bednar. It never is. Okay. Um, you finally, you actually, you're the Pittsburgh Pirates, and you actually have a player who, one, is really good, and two, actually wants to be on your team and and would probably take a hometown discount because he loves the Pittsburgh Pirates so much. You've got a guy who the fans love. Like At some point, you've got to be a serious franchise and say, you know what? The guy who wants to be here, who's really good, who everybody loves, we should keep that guy. So I guess my argument to that, like, actually in Jim's favor here would be that I don't trust Ben Sherrington to get anything worth a shit out of David Bednar. That's true. You're going to trade David Bednar for what? A light hitting? He's shown no ability to get any talent. None. He got Andy Rodriguez, who I think we all like, but hasn't shown anything yet. And he got David Bednar. And Jack Sawinski that we all hate. He's gotten nothing. We don't hate trades, but no, I, I don't like him. I don't like him. But regardless, like he, I don't trust him to make that trade. So I'd probably hang on to him, but I would listen at least. Oh, you Not always right listen, but like you would have to be absolutely blown away. Absolutely blown away. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, well, I'm the type I'm always going to listen regardless for the most part. You know, like that's as a GM, you just do that regardless, right? You, you listen. But maybe this where he's getting at also, like maybe Bednar is what opens up the opportunity to maybe fill out some of that rotation and you figure out the bullpen Probably in some not, way or another. Sure. The thing is, too, um, like if this was, and this isn't, I know I'm going to hammer for this. This isn't a Huntington versus Charrington thing, but in the Huntington era, he was able to just find bullpens. Like he was able to just create them, right? Charrington hasn't really done so with that so far. Like the Orioles, and I've said this for like two years now, the Orioles just made a bullpen out of nothing. I'm not confident that Charrington could trade Bednar to get maybe the pitcher he needs or the outfielder he needs or whatever, and then say, I'm going to piece together this bullpen to still kind of make up for that, right? To replace David Bednar. I don't trust that he could do that. So I can get the behind the idea of trading David Bednar to maybe fill up some of these pieces that you're looking for. I just don't trust that. Like, I just feel like then there's a big hole in the bullpen. And it's going to stay that way. That's another thing, too. You trade David Bednar in your bullpen, which was kind of a strength going into this season, all of a sudden mm -hmm. is not that. Right. Agree. All right. So, so back to the Endy thing. And again, I know we talked pretty deep on it last night, right? Um, but again, Tyler, going back to you, like, any more thoughts on this? I'm annoyed. It's really what it comes down to. And I don't know if I'm rightfully annoyed because if it was going to go, like I said, it, it was going to go. Everything they did handling the situation just felt wrong. And maybe it's hindsight because we're where we are now. But looking back at everything and everything that's happened with this franchise and injuries and how they've handled them, 
it feels like they they set themselves up for failure. That's where I'm at with it. Now, what we discussed sounds like Henry Davis is going to be the catcher. And at this point in time, it's it's maybe a blessing to to some degree here, right? Like out of every negative, there's some positive that comes out of it, right? And I guess the positive out of here is we will find out if Henry Davis can catch, and he's going to get every opportunity to do so this year. There's no beating around the bush. There's no wondering, right? There's no Henry Davis mindset, like what am I going to do at the practice and learn all these different – like he's going to learn catching. He's going to develop as a catcher. So he's going to get that opportunity. We're going to find out if Henry Davis is a catcher this year. Hands down, we will find out. So there's that aspect. So if Henry Davis is going to be the catcher this year, Donardo, I don't, I don't know if you're correct on that. I have a feeling they won't. They'll roll with some other catchers and leave them in right field. You think so? I really do. I don't if, think they'll give him a full-on opportunity to play to start a catcher. I mean, if they roll with Delay and Sanchez. What have this they shown goes, you that this, they this wouldn't do that? Into, this goes into the whole, I, I guess, from, from, from what everything that I am hearing and being told from every single person who has anything to do with the organization is Henry Davis is going to catch next year. Uh, we had um, the catching coach on. Cody had the coach catch, catching coach on three weeks ago. He said, Henry Davis is going to catch. Everything we've heard from Ben Sherrington, Henry Davis is going to catch. Everything we've heard from everyone who's talked to anybody in the organization, Henry Davis is going to catch. By the way, can so, I can I pause right there? I've got to believe Henry Davis is going to catch. Go ahead. I think we didn't go back to connect the dots there. He, I'm not trying to say anything, but this information was known within the clubhouse. We had him on, and he was saying that he probably knew about the Andy situation. So and yeah, at that point, right? I mean, he at least knew. I'm sure that like, you know he's back and why he's back. So yeah, maybe there is again, think about what he was saying back then. Can, I, was can, cool. I, can I add to that? We were told I last Cody, year. I we do were, think Cody interviewed him though, before November 13th. I'll double check. But at any rate, can I just add one more little piece of that? Yeah. We were told last year that Henry Davis was going to catch. Henry Davis did not catch. I don't trust the damn word that comes out of their mouth. But we also got an explanation for that. Oh, yeah. The explanation is that they are a bunch of liars. That's it. They don't know what they're doing, and they're liars. That's it. I think Henry Davis is going to be the everyday catcher next year. Jason DeLay will be the backup. I cannot wait till we do the over-under show because I will put it at like... Do it right now. Like He won't catch more than probably 30 games next year. I'll say this. I think he is going to give every opportunity to be that. I think we'll find out in come springtime if he will or not. Yeah. They need him. Like, does that make like, sense? I mean, because if he comes in the spring and he is yeah. just terrible, like they might pull the plug right then and there and say, okay, we are done. Yeah. Now we got to figure something out. But like, if he's not, then he's, he's your everyday catcher for the most yeah. part. If, 
I mean, whether it's a 60 40 split, 70 30, like whatever it ends up being, he's your, he's your 1A. I don't like if catch. he shows that he's capable of catching, he's your catcher. Right. Plain and simple. I don't see them. I just don't see it. There it is. Cody did say he interviewed him on November 7th. So, so before Andy's yeah. injury, the catching coach was saying Henry Davis is going to catch. Henry Davis is going to catch. Yeah, they said that all year. He's not going to catch. They'll try it, and they won't do it. I guess we'll see. We'll find out. I know. I, we'll also find out what they like if they go out there and they acquire an outfielder this offseason, like a like a starting outfielder, like a real person. Their plan is for Davis to catch. Right. If That'll they don't acquire exciting. an outfielder, then then we'll know. Because if they don't acquire an outfielder, you can't roll with like Joshua Palacios and Connor Joe but, platoon but you, in right field. You can. <laughs> but all that not, is not why. Not if you want to be a serious, like, be a serious franchise. Serious. But they're not right. serious. Okay, well then that's the I thing. Know. If that happens, then we'll know. We'll, we'll, I know. we'll know, I know at that point. We're on the same page. It's just... Just frustrations coming out right now. For, Jim, I'm sorry. I almost told you Fred, my dog. It's like I'm talking to him. Uh, if they don't acquire an outfielder, then we'll know. Well, I mean, we're at December 13th, and they still haven't re-signed Andrew McCutcheon. So. Here's my theory with McCutcheon. They know that he's coming back. McCutcheon knows he's coming back. There's just no reason to use a 40-man spot on him right now. I think McCutcheon's a pirate. I think they probably already have something worked out. And it's just, hey, we'll sign you when we don't need any 40-man man spots. That's that's my theory with Kutch. I'm He's so back. happy that you're positive. I fully agree. I am too. And that's, you know, like I brought it last night. Like, that's what this ND situation hurts with him as well with, like, the 40-man. Like, you know he's out for the whole year, but he still has to burn up a 40-man spot. So you can't, like, replace him, per se, in that aspect, right? So, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I'm with, I'm with Jim as well. For all the stuff you can say negatively, right, and pessimistically about the Pirates, like I just feel as if like this is still a done deal. It seems too stupid for the even the Pirates to not do. Like Cutch is just in your palm saying, "I'm here. Just let me know how much you need me for. I'm here." Yeah. Like so he, he, he doesn't want to go. It's going to happen. They just can't afford to like have him on the forty minute now because they have a lot of moves they need to make. Maybe you know once. Once the big trade comes or something, they do something like that sense. Maybe at that point in time they can. Um, but until like things open up for them, I just feel like he's just waiting right there so they're able to do things they need to do right now. Maybe I'm just scoring decks over here. I've been hurt too many times. And you have every right to be. Denardi, yeah, you I mean, know did sign Rowdy to less. So, I mean... <laughs> I mean before we get into that, Donardo had a great blog about it, actually. Donardo was a very good blog. I am a scorned ex right now. Like, I didn't get the, like, you're returning Christmas gifts on me. That's where we're at. I can't believe that Donardo could, like, put three sentences together, but we'll take it. I'm hey. curious, because I didn't read it before the editing. I'm curious how much Kenny needed actually there wasn't a whole lot of editing. I don't think much of it. But I just want to say, see, like Tyler, I can because fine isn't good enough for me. 
whether it's my baseball team I watch or my co-host that I end up watching. Like, fine's not good enough for me. That's why you got it. Well, then I need to get my old camera back because this is this isn't even fine. <laughs> I'm jumping all over the place. Got lines all over the screen. Anywho, what was the next topic? Roddy Telez. So the Pirates have now accumulated $6.2 million worth of talent this year. They added Marco Gonzalez, which we talked about in the trade. They made their first actual MLB free agent signing. They signed DH first baseman Rowdy Telez for $3.2 million. Tyler's out of here, but Jim's stupid face is still up. <laughs> why has Tyler got my face on that? I don't know, actually. That's kind of funny. But yeah, so Rowdy Telez, $3.2 million, which uh, I believe it's what, $4 million it can increase to with... What is going on? How to fix it? But with incentives, right? Four million was the the max. I think it goes to. So uh, yes. yeah, Rowdy yes. Telez, everybody. Pirates definitely I mean, I needed. I, hopefully, he doesn't reach any of those incentives because that would mean that he played a lot, and and hopefully he doesn't play a lot because he's terrible. Uh, I keep hearing people say, "Oh, but he was really good in 2022." No, he wasn't. He hit he hit some home runs, but he still wasn't good. Um, and that was also two years ago. Last year he was awful. He was awful. Um, I don't anticipate him being good this year. Uh, if he is, cool. But yeah, this is. Uh, I, I I said it last night, and and I'll say it again. At some point, if the Pirates want to not, if if some if at some point the Pirates want to be better than they've been in previous years. They need to start doing things differently, right? Signing Rowdy Telez to a one-year $3.2 million deal is the exact thing the 2021, the 2022, the 2023 Pirates would have done. None of those seasons were good enough, right? So if you want to be good enough, you have to not do those types of moves. And that's what this move is. This move is exactly what the 2021 Pirates would have done. You're not going to get better by doing this. Plain and simple. Like, could, could Rowdy Tellez give them similar production that they got last year? Sure. But guess what? They need, they need to be better. They need to be better in 2024 than they were in 2023. They need to be a lot better in 2024 than they were in 2022. This is not better. It might be the same if all goes well, but odds are it's worse. That's that's the problem that I have with this deal. Now, they may have something else up their sleeves for first base, but again, we're talking about how much money this team has and how many holes they have to fill. If you add in that they need another first baseman on top of this, that's just another thing that they need to do. We talked specifically about Rowdy. I feel like Rowdy. If not, it was like the, the category of the Rowdies when all of the, like the players were non-tendered. Because by the way, Rowdy Tlez was simply non-tendered. His team said, you're not good. We don't want you anymore. It's a cast-off. It's not like he's a free agent because his contract ran out. 
His team said, you're not good. We're getting rid of you. And he was non-tender because no team was willing to trade for him because they didn't want him either, right? So again, that's the, that's the category of player we're talking about. That's the talent of player we're talking about. So all the other teams were kind of like, yeah, we're good too. And he signed for $3 million. So it also tells me the other teams were like, you know what? We're good too. So for the people that are like, oh, you guys, he is good. Look what he did in 2022. Like, this is a great He signed for $3 million to the Pirates. Like, it doesn't sound like there was too much of a bidding war on him. It doesn't sound like too many people wanted him. So it probably means to me as well that I'm more confident he's not a good player than he is one, right? But let's say this. Okay, let's put it this way. I don't hate the deal in the sense of like, just hate. This makes no sense. This is dumb. He's awful. Like to Jim's point, it could work out in that way. You know, like it's, it's only $3 million. Like, it's the way I look at it too. is like, it's only $3 million. There's some upside because he has a ton of power. Like what he does, what if he does become a league average hitter, but you have to work the platoon. So he's working on the better half of the platoon, which is the right side. So his numbers get inflated in that sense. Like what if you're able to platoon it and it works out? It's it's a, it's in total between him and Connor Joe, like $7 million you're spending or actually probably less. And, uh, and it works out to become like a two word player. Like you're saying like last year. Okay. That's cool. The problem is he's never been a two word player. He's never I'm saying been a combo war player, a combo okay. of like him and Joe, right. Okay. becomes like a okay. two word player like that. That's where it's cool. Right. But the thing is like in a vacuum, that's how this is good. Like it's only 3 million. It's not that much of a risk. If he ends up being league average, it works out. But when all your deals are looked at in a vacuum, well, this is in a vacuum is okay. And this in a vacuum is okay. And this in a vacuum is okay. Well, when all adds up and you have just bad players, you know what I mean? Like it's like that's what you're getting at, Jim. It's when all of them have to look at in a vacuum to be okay and and sympathize and and agree with it, it's still not good for the team. Like the team has to get better. And this doesn't make them better. This isn't going out there and finding that guy who you say, I'm confident you're going to do it. Here's your money because of that confidence. Go do it. This is just another guy of, well, this goes right. That goes right. This goes right. It's fine. It's good enough. The only way I was okay with this type of stuff, and this is what we talked about in the Starbucks, that they're not tender, was if first base was the position they have to kind of punt on. Do something like this, right? Platoon Connor Joe with someone else. It has to be because they went out and they invested their money into pitching. They went and got Jordan Montgomery. They went and got Eduardo Rodriguez. Like They went and did that. The problem is, it doesn't look like they're doing that. So they're doing type C and D starting pitching, and they're doing type D and F for here as well. And that's the problem. Yeah. It, it's too many. It's too many what ifs. Go ahead, Tyler. No, you're fine. I already said my piece. Okay. Well, I wish I could say the F word on this show, but I've grown up and I can't do that anymore. Financial I, flexibility. I've, I've done it plenty of times. You're good. Yeah. No, I would like to call. We'll wait. The Sonic sucks. It's terrible, awful, atrocious. This is really the point where I wanted to tap out on the year. 
because this is a guy that might be able to DH for you who will probably take away any positional flexibility you have, which shows me you have no idea what you're doing with roster flexibility. Who can't run a base because he's a fat F, as I called him a bunch of times on Twitter. You basically re-signed Daniel Vogelbach, who was fine with the Pirates in his little short period of time, but honestly, he added nothing productive to the team. He was just kind of fun because he was fat. Rowdy Telez is just fat. He sucks. He was fun in Milwaukee that one year when they got to chant his name and blah, blah, blah. He sucks. He's terrible. If you're counting on him to play any meaningful games at first base, you're an idiot. What do you He's think about his, uh, his PNC Park splits? Don't I care. He sucks. On that. He can't hit. He ran into a few baseballs one year. Good for him. He's just one of them NL Central first baseman who is fat. And some for some stupid reason, everybody loves him. Honestly, if you think about it, there's been so many fat first bases in the NL, NL Central that people love that end up just being terrible. Like, think of Fat Adams. He sucked. <laughs> Daniel Vogelbach. Really, really good against the Pirates. <laughs> Can I just say something about that, though, too? And too? also, like, like I wrote it to us, though. His numbers would probably suck if he didn't play against the Pirates. I know there's irony in this, and it's fun to point out. And of course, as Pirate fans, you always know the ones that come to PNC and, and become Pirate Killers, right? But like, can we also just point out, it's not that hard to be a Pirate Killer, because all these years we're talking about, right? Because like, they do you, suck. Do you, do you know what the Pirates rotation was? Like, Tyler could have also been a Pirate Killer if he were just given the opportunity. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like I get, again, this is funniness, but I think we play way too much into, well, you know, he hits really, really well PNC Park. Well, you know what most people kind of do? Because they're facing Miguel DePozo. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that tends to happen. We have really, really bad teams. Can I? I'll get away from the whole uh, fat part of my argument there I had going. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's fat and he sucks. But honestly, though, <clears throat> if we look back to April and May, the Pirates were at their best when they were able to be very aggressive on the bases. They were able to do little things very well. Rowdy Telez does not add anything to be able to do that. He can maybe hit the ball over the wall every now and then. But when we're talking about the way this team is going to be constructive, it's probably going to be athleticism. We know he don't add that. Yeah, he definitely doesn't. And, and I mean, it just comes down to it. He's been in the majors now for parts of six seasons. He plays first base, like you said. Like there's no there's no Not flexibility well here. He's a first baseman slash DH. That's what he is. And he is a league average hitter at best over the course of his career. Like he's just not good. Like I I I'm honestly surprised. I mean, the home runs, I guess, are the reason why he's even still in the league. Because otherwise, like I don't really know what the point of a league average hitting first baseman is who can't really do anything. I guess there's not really much value here because he signed with the Pirates quite early for 
$3.2 million. That's, that's just kind of what you've got to go back to. Like guys, good players don't sign one year deals for $3.2 million. Like it just got, goes back to my original point that at some point you need to do something that the 2021 and 2022 pirates wouldn't have done. And that that's what this is. This is a, this is a move that a bad team makes. Good teams aren't signing Rowdy Telez to one-year, $3 million deals. Right. Kenny brings up a good point there in the chat, though, about him not being good at defensively at first base. Like We're talking about a team that we potentially have O'Neill Cruz back at shortstop. Rowdy Telez at first base is a nightmare for that. He can't move. He's fat. I'm tired of signing fat people. <laughs> Honestly, this is like signing Vogelbach and Yoshi. It's just a nightmare for that position. Yeah. And Choi. I mean, but see, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm this okay could just be me, play. but I I like the Choi deal much better. Than, like I like Choi as a better as a as a player better than I like Telez. I would agree with that. And but he's been consistently good. again, like he's not he's not great by any means, right? But he's been a major league player. He's been consistently that. Now last year, of course, injuries was like the big problem for him too. But like consistently a major league player where Telez just keeps going up and down as well, and like he. Again, he grades out to be, he's literally a zero war player for his career. Like for his entire career. Zero terrible. war. For his entire career, he's a 99 way to runs created plus, which is below league average. I mean, it's right about league average, right? Technically. But then you look at like what a league average first baseman or DH is, right? First base last year was 108 way to run created plus. DH was 110. At Rowdy's season, everyone's claiming, like, like hanging on to, like, oh, he was a good hitter in 2022. That equals out to being a league average player at his position. So, like, even at his best, it's just fine, which is okay. Like, again, that's okay, but that's at his absolute best. And you got to imagine after having a 78 winner in place last year, like, he might not hit that. There's a good chance he doesn't hit his best to be a league average player. Yeah. And it's also only okay if. Like you can make up for it in other areas. And, and right now we have two starting pitchers. We just lost our starting catcher for the year. Um, we have a second baseman who like our second, our starting second baseman is going to be a, someone who just lost rookie eligibility and has absolutely no track record in major league baseball. That's who our starting second baseman is going to be. Whoever pick, pick who you want to name it. Probably going to be Piguero. There's just too many what ifs on this team, and it just kind of keeps going back to that. Like, there's too many what ifs, and you can't rely on this many what ifs because right. not all the what ifs are going to are going to come to fruition. Most won't. I'm retiring. I'm done. The rafters is going up. Hang it up, baby. Like the more you're we right, talk Jim. about and it, and that's what spending money does. You have all these risks. There's a lot of what ifs. So, 
add some insurance policies. That's all we're asking for. And Ronnie Telez and Marco Gonzalez are the opposite of that. They're just more what ifs. And that's the problem in these signings. You haven't went out and bought your insurance policy. You haven't said, you know what? Peguero might not hit. Henry Davis might not hit. Trillo might not hit. Nick Gonzalez might not hit. O'Neill Cruz might not come back and be the guy that we still anticipate he's going to be because he hasn't still proven himself yet. Yeah, right? Have no we haven't gone and said how good right. O'Neill Cruz is. Yeah. Right. Like there's no insurance policy saying, okay, well, you know what? We have the stalwart of first base now. Like we have this guy that we can absolutely count on. There's that. So as long as he's doing this, you got Reynolds, we kind of believe in Hayes, you're starting to piece it together. And we haven't gone to the rotation yet, right? But again, like Marco Gonzalez is just another what if. So you have Mitch Keller, and we have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you got you guys sure we want to do post game shows this year? Well, I'm sure Jim might not be so comfortable because he might get you know regulated to the post game losses being last place him and neil they're you know in the buck of mike power pole they're at the bottom yeah so tyler you're good you'll be doing nothing but wins right now i'm still in the win column i feel like i'm hanging up on top i feel like i want to put up that that trump video where it's like see we're we're last that means we're actually in first (laughs) (laughs) at any rate do we want to move on to at least some positive news and talk about the uh, the TV deal? Speaking oh, I thought you said shows. positive. I thought you said positive. News. <laughs> What's positive? It, no, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. That's a positive. I mean, that's not a negative. We're grasping at straws. That's the probably the best news that's come out so far this this off season. Is the Pirates like they have a TV deal? We know what direction they're going. They've joined the Penguins. They have, go ahead, now I'm thinking of the name of it, Sportsnet Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Pittsburgh um, Sportsnet. Is you? it Pittsburgh Sportsnet or no, Sportsnet I think, Pittsburgh? I think it might be Sportsnet Pittsburgh. I'm pretty sure. Sportsnet it's, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. <gasps> Look at me. I was with you. Yeah, Come you on, did. Tyler. Pound. Cool. Um, at any rate, though, so that's done. Me personally, I thought this is the best route for them. I thought this is the best route for the consumers. I this made a whole lot of sense. Um, but I don't know. What, what are your guys' take on this so far? Um, from a revenue standpoint, it's it's the best possible option for them. I, I'm still not sure just how comfortable I am with the Pirates TV revenues being somewhat dictated by the group that owns the Boston Red Sox. Um, You kind of, they had an interview today with Travis Williams and, you know, he said the league is, is, you know, very comfortable that there's no conflict of interest, but I don't really know how like there can't be a conflict of interest there because at some point you're going to have to fight over, you know, what, how does this share work? How much do the pens get? How much do the pirates get? And the more the Penguins get means the more the Fenway Sports Group gets, which means that's an indirect, you know, conflict of of, of the Pirates. So I, I'm I'm not thrilled about that, but I mean, at this point in time, it is what it is. It's a short term solution for a long term problem. 
like at some point, you know, the whole cable system is just going to collapse altogether. I think we probably still have a good decade or so, you know, before that happens. But, you know, it's something that they're going to have to start figuring out um, how to replace these these lucrative TV revenues that they've had. Um, their deal with AT&T Sportsnet was giving them 50 to $60 million a year. This deal will not give them that. You know, if I had to guess, we're probably looking at thirty-five to forty million dollars a year. You know, they didn't—they didn't actually come out with any um, with any numbers here, but they did say that they probably aren't getting eighty percent of what they were getting before. Um, so, so you do the math there, and you know, forty million is probably where you're at with this deal. So it's a little bit of a hit from a revenue standpoint, but it gets it gets um gets the most eyeballs on your product which is important mm-hmm. it also um is just some continuity like for for decades pittsburgh sports fans know that hey when they turn on this channel this is the same ch- this is the channel that penguins games and pirates games are on right it's going to continue to be that way which is good it means more people are going to be able to find the game and watch it because if the pirates had chosen to go with like a streaming option where like you had to sign up, I don't know how many people they could have sold a, uh, like a season subscription to, if we're being honest, there's not too many people who are like lining up wanting to pay money to specifically watch the Pittsburgh pirates. I'm very much with Jim. Same boat. I don't, Love that they're with the Red Sox, but I'm speaking as someone that's a fan in market, a cable subscriber myself. I think it's, I don't know if it's good for the team. I mean, I I don't know the ins and outs of it all, but all things considered, it seems like short term, it's a better solution to, uh, have revenue for the team because if like you said, Jim, if they were to go to that internet model, that might have got ugly really quickly. I'm I all things considered, I'm good with it. I'm happy that I can probably continue to watch the team on my cable television. Yeah. I think you all hit the head right there. Like honestly, this I think was the best move for consumers. And if the pirates were smart, they want to make sure this is available to as many people as they can. And this was that option. MLB was certainly an option of, like Jim said, you got to have people sign up. You're going to lose a lot of viewers. Like they have to pay. So there's a premium. So, you know, like there's more revenue per person in that sense. Right. But you're going to have a lot less people and now a lot less eyeballs in your team. And especially on a team that might not have a great product. You might lose a lot of eyeballs. Like, is anyone going to go out there and really pay for this team, especially the offseason we're having? Or, but regardless of even of that, you know, like, it's still the Pirates. Is anyone going out of the way to pay? Of course, I mean, there are some people, but you're cutting that pie way, way, way down when opposed to you're just doing what you've always done before and it's out there on TV. Now, the thing I do like about this, they did mention that streaming is something they want to happen, happen ASAP, right? So, like, it's going to be on their TV like normal. But for the people who have cut the cord in market, like that's that's a problem, and that's why hey, Ryan's on on our, our on NS9, right? Ryan's in the same situation. Like he's cut the cord; he can't watch pirate games because he's one of those people. 
it seems like what Travis Williams says, they're on that ASAP. They want something done where there is going to be a, a streaming product as well. Now, that adds more revenue. Like, so that's good. Like, they're going to do that. Maybe they're going to be able to find a way to cater to everybody. And maybe that gets the back. I don't think they're going to get back to like the 50 to 60, right? But maybe that gets back close to that number. Like, they're not there yet, but maybe they add that streaming and they sell that. Maybe they can start making up for that in that sense. Um, so, like, I like it seems as if they're they're getting everything they want. Now, the dirty part about it is, like you mentioned, like, it's it's Fenway. So it seems kind of dirty. But I guess the way I look at this is it's almost like an in-division trade. If it works out for you, don't be spiteful and just not do it because it's someone in division, right? Like, this is the best move for the Pirates to make. Don't spitefully turn it down because the Red Sox might also profit on this. They are. <laughs> but this is the best move for you to make, so do it. It just sucks, and it's just weird. It's just a weird situation that, like Fenway is paying Bob Nutting <laughs> and Bob money Nutting is making money for Fenway. You know, like that's just, that's just weird, but that's, that's just the weird thing about this and, and whatever. Now, what I will say about this also, yeah, so Mark said, this is the other thing too. Like I, I'm kind of a fan of Nesson, like what they do up there. And that's what I'm hoping and anticipating is going to happen with this as well is like the content they produce much of, I think what people are used to, Right with AT and T, all the content they have and stuff, but I think there's going to be a lot of different stuff as well, more content outside of just like your normal thing. So, like I, I like what the product is, and if they can emulate that here with Sportsnet Pittsburgh, um, I, I think again the consumers will enjoy this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, I think we are all kind of in the same boat here. I, I think this is the best move for the club right now. They do need to figure out some ways to to navigate this environment going forward. And it's something that not that's not even just a Pittsburgh Pirates thing. Like every single sports franchise and every single sports league is going to have to figure out a way to to make people want to watch their stuff um, without having cable. Right. So it's going to be just something to watch and pay attention to over the next few years. It's just it's it's not going away. They just got to figure out how to make it happen. It at least I will say this, though. It buys one, some time. Yeah, I will say this. One way to get like a good amount of people to, to like, like sign up for a service to watch you is to uh, give them a product worth watching. So if there is a bright side to all of this, if, if, if down the road all of this comes crumbling down, right? Like the pirates will make no money if they can't put a good product on the field that people want to watch. So, full on. Hold yeah. on. Full on. Full on conspiracy theorist there. Do you think they sign with them because they know they're not going to be good for a while? No, I, mean, I, I don't know. think it's that either. I think, either, I think, I think that was saw... in the back of their mind though. Like, eh, we might struggle. See, you even, you saw it though, like even last year with the Padres, the Padres, you know, people in San Diego love the Padres, right? But, they still just didn't get the amount of subscribers that you would have was it sixteen thousand know, anticipated. Yeah, I mean it was not a lot. So yeah, I I, I think right. you've got to avoid that. I think you've got to avoid that situation for as long as possible. Yeah. And again, the positive of this, as you talked about, many teams right now in baseball are going through a situation they have no idea 
the Pirates are one of the lucky ones. Like it's resolved. Yeah. It might not be what they were getting beforehand. And Travis Williams says that doesn't mean anything for payroll. They're going to operate the same way they anticipated heading into this year. So just keep that in mind, people. Has nothing to do with it. Nothing to see here. But at any rate, no, it's resolved. So like that is one positive for the Pirates. Like this thing is behind them now. Where a lot of people, it's very cloudy. And there's a lot of uncertainty for those clubs. Pirates have a little bit of stability right now for at least two years, it seems. So cool, cool, cool. I'm with you. It at least alleviates some of the pressure that is coming in. Right. Until it really crumbles and everyone has got to really yeah. figure it out. <laughs> well, maybe then everybody else will be broke. No, they'll all just be inside of casinos as Mark Cuban wants to do, right? Like every team is going to be in a casino resort except for the Pirates and they'll really be broke. Yeah, yeah I think as, as much as um, like this, this TV revenue is going to go away. So you've got to figure out a way to supplement that. And as much as like I don't want sports leagues like in bed with sports books, that's probably like the only way to do it. It's like the only other revenue stream out there that you can can really grab a hold of. Yeah, you need smart business people. Luckily, the Pirates have Travis Williams. <laughs> and we are out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. Well, look at the I'm, time. I'm not a word to say. <laughs> All right. No, but for real, though, let's, uh, we're going to wrap it up. I'm good. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, everyone, appreciate you guys watching, as always. And uh, I guess since it's Wednesday night, Jim, you'll be on tomorrow, right? For another. Out of the park. Of the park. It's, uh, it's like the home stretch. I think this is our last sim before the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, the 2024 Pittsburgh Pirates, the 2024 first place Pittsburgh Pirates in September. Who did you sign this offseason, Jim? Uh, Shohei Otani. Hmm. <laughs> Playoffs. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Was it $700 million? Did you defer 680 of it as well? Did you nah, do that? Like, I, I want to say it was like a $350, $400 million deal somewhere in that area. You dummy. You're actually paying him money. All right. Yeah. So there's that. And then uh, we'll definitely have some more content coming out. But at any rate, we'll definitely be back next week as well. Bye bye. Sarah Scouts. See you all. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can. Uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.